How is everyone this morning? It's, it's um, quite amazing that we're already just a few weeks away from Thanksgiving. Uh, I really just can't even believe that myself. But the, here's the reality, and, and we want to practice this because they've been telling us the last several weeks, and of course uh, new regulations came out, that don't, thank God, don't really impact the church or uh, schools at this juncture, but we still want to practice safety. Here's, here's the big thing. It's not that we don't believe God heals. It's just that when people visit our church, we want them to trust that we're practicing uh, kindness, safety. They can trust us. Make sense? So if, if we wear a mask occasionally, that's fine. If we practice distancing, I know we sit with our families, that's fine. It's necessary. Amen? Okay, I don't need a lot of affirmation when I'm preaching. I just want to make sure you hear what I'm saying. So a good amen every once in a while doesn't hurt. Amen? Amen. Um, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 50. We've been in the series, The Life of Joseph. What will they say about you? And, and there's just a couple of things I just want to recap very quickly as you're turning there. We started off by talking about pride, and, and here's what we've been looking at with Joseph. All the different challenges he faced in his life that I personally believe you will face in your life. And through the Word of God, we have seen that not only did Joseph walk through these, but he walked through these with victory. Just like I believe that you and I, through Jesus Christ, can walk through these with victory. But what were some of the things we talked about? Pride. Uh, the pits of life, the struggles of life, uh, the positions we find ourselves in where we either make a choice to be godly or we fail. And let's just, let's just all take a deep breath for a minute there. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? This isn't about can you be perfect after the series is over. And, and I'll jump on that in just a moment. But here's what I, I want you to understand. There's going to be times of isolation Dr. Bucci preached on the prison dynamic in his life and how that you don't always understand what's going on. You don't always understand why you're going through what you're going through. But please understand this. God is preparing you for something. Wouldn't you just want it to be, God, here I am. Now go ahead and put me in the position as quick as possible. Lord, just go ahead and just do whatever you're going to do as quickly as possible. How many have discovered that really what God, you're always in some type of learning process. God is always doing something to prepare you. Now, you don't have to raise your hands on this, but how many have ever felt, Lord, please be done? Right? Lord, no more lessons, please. I don't need any more patience. Amen. I'm quite filled. Lord, I'm, I'm happy. Just leave me alone, Jesus. But he's not like that. God knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, first and the last. He knows what we really need, right? So we talked about the prison aspect, and God's preparing you for something. We talked about things like prophecy, and when God speaks into you, or God uses someone to speak into you, or God uses you to speak into someone else. We talked about the fact that God raised him up, and there's opportunities in your life. Listen, I, I need... Uh, and I'm just setting this up again, but please understand, all these things that Joseph was experiencing that I believe you and I will experience are preparing you for something. It's not just a challenge. God's got a plan for your life. 
And the reality is, some of you have already stepped into opportunities that you should be living out, but for whatever reason, pride, isolation, always questioning God, why am I going through this? Why am I having to endure? Lord, I've got big shoulders, pour it on. That, that really you're walking out the opportunity you have. What if Joseph would have stood before Pharaoh several chapters earlier, and when Pharaoh said, I heard you can interpret dreams, I've had this dream. What if Joseph would have said, well, you know, I'm just starting, you know. I'm just, uh, I don't know if I'm really ready. Um, Pharaoh probably would have said, who told me about this guy? Kill both of them. Um, but see, when God is preparing you and an opportunity comes, step into it. Step into it by faith. Well, pastor, I, I don't know if I'm ready. You're really never ready. <laughs> you're, you're never really 100% ready. I, I'm, I'm going to get to my notes in a minute, I promise. How many of you have fallen into the trap of, man, as soon as I get my degree, I'll be ready? I can remember I, I, when I was... I really answered the call of God in my life, and I was preparing, and I, I knew I was going to pastor, and I was doing some educational preparation. And I, in the back of my mind, I thought, man, when I'm finished with this degree, I'll really be able to preach better. And nothing changed. I got the degree, graduated, walked down the aisle, and, and, and I, I just, the only thing I felt different was hot underneath that robe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Didn't feel more anointed. Because what God was showing me was, John, I'm always doing a work in you. You just need to be willing to step into that opportunity when it happens. You be willing, you be faithful, and I'll be there. Okay. So, so what I want to talk about today, because really all of these play into the fact that until you deal with some of these things, you're never really moving forward. If you don't deal with a pride issue, you find yourself always tripping up at the pride issue. If you don't deal with the fact that you're going through things to learn some things and to prepare for things, you always seem to get stuck there. So this morning, I want to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Has anyone in here ever experienced something so traumatic that you just can't get past it? Um, and just, we're going to read this in a second, but just think about it. Think about Joseph's life for just a second. It starts off by him sharing a dream and his brothers get so upset with him that they beat him and throw him into a pit. And not only do they throw him into a pit, the Bible tells us that, that really their plan was to kill him. Their plan was to get rid of him. And instead, they sold him into slavery. Now, just that is traumatic enough that most of us would uh, make several doctors wealthy in our visitation to them because of that traumatic thing that happened to us. And listen, that, that's real. I don't want to um, negate the, the tragedy that we've experienced in our life. But think about this. He's sold into slavery. By the time he's working in Potiphar's house, it's easy for us to think, well, at least he got a, a better opportunity. He ends up in prison. And then he gets an opportunity to go before Pharaoh. And without us having to live through all that, you know, isn't history wonderful when it's somebody else's? 
Studying history is great as long as I don't have to live through it. But listen, you are creating history right now. Somebody will look back. That's why we're doing this series, Life of Joseph. What will they say about you? What will they say about you? Um, Genesis chapter 50. And while you're, again, while you're turning there, I'm going to read this. But listen, in January, we're going to start a series. <coughs> and I've been, um, I'm going to go and throw it out there right now. Um, I haven't got final approval from the staff, so I might get in trouble Monday. But it's how will you live your life going into a new year after 2020 has been what it's been? Will you live your life according to your history or his story? Now think about that. And I'll tell you the rest in January. All right? Genesis chapter 50. Listen to this. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs that we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs that they committed in treating you so badly. So please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Um, I, I believe that for him to even speak kindly to them, and I know we, we've skipped over several chapters here, and I'm going to just briefly brush through those in a moment. But the reality is he had already confronted them. They had met several times. He knew who they were before they knew who he was. He sent them back and forth to their father and testing them and, and just pursuing a relationship with him. And, and finally he confronts them and draws them close and says, I'm Joseph. Come close to me. And they all wept beautiful homecoming. They go get their father. They bring him there. Uh, he moves them to their own area in, in Egypt. He supplies all their needs. He takes care of them. He meets with his father before he dies, and his father blesses him. His father blesses his two sons. But so there's some time that's happened. We, we don't know exactly the intimate relationship between he and his brothers. What we do know is that there was a a re-engagement taking place. But when dad died, there was fear. The Bible says when, when Joseph's brothers realized that their father was dead, they said, now I'm not going to paraphrase greatly here, but you don't have to. This is not a stretch. Dad's dead, guys. We got to come up with a story. Because if he has any type of grudge and he was just holding back while dad was alive, he's coming for us. Right? I mean, uh, and please, I'm not trying to make more out of this than it is, 
but I'm just throwing this out there. If you had tried to kill your siblings earlier in life, and then your parents passed away, would you not even think a little bit that maybe, now that mom and dad aren't here to say, sit down, put that knife away. No, put the gun back in the car. You are not doing nothing. Well, now that mom and dad are gone, do you see how they're feeling? Can you see a little bit of, of, of this is not a stretch. But now here's what happens. They concoct this plan. Let's send someone setting him up to let him know we are sorry, and let's just find out if he still has a grudge. Let's find out still what's going on. And they even, they even set this up. I mean, listen, they tell, they tell this servant to go and tell Joseph that, that dad has died but left instructions. One translation said, left a command. Believe me, they're, they're setting this up. Can you see it? He, they also go ahead and, and say, and listen, throw this in there. Throw God in there somewhere. Because after all, if this is about God, he can't hurt us anymore. So he says, now please forgive their sins, the servants of the God of your father. Promise me, Joseph, you're not going to hurt these guys. And listen, just get this too. This is the first time forgive is used in the Bible. Up until now, 49 chapters of Genesis, the word forgiven or forgive is not used. So for the very first time, we're seeing somebody hurt, we're seeing pain, we're seeing suffering, we're saying, please forgive. And, and in this passage, I'm just setting this up very quickly. We don't even see that they really were repentant. We see that they were scared. We really don't see that. They weren't coming to Joseph saying, we are so sorry. We messed up. They sent a, a letter from dad saying, please forgive them. They messed up. Now, what is Joseph's response? He said, am I God? Am I God? Am I the one that's going to judge you? He says, don't worry. But can I do that? Can I do that in my life? Can I really do that in my life? What is forgiveness? I've got three very simple points, but what is forgiveness? Well, forgiveness, in, in, in the term that was used here, because it was the first time used at full transparency, I learned this this week. I never read this passage, and realized that that was the first time forgive was used in the Word of God. I mean, I dug back through Genesis. I was even looking for words that sort of sounded like it. Nothing. There's certainly types and shadows that you see of Jesus Christ pointing forward. So what does forgive mean? It means to, to release, like a, a debt. You owe me $5? Forget about it. Uh, have you ever heard the term forgive and forget? Have you ever heard the term forgive and forget? Um, it's, it is a biblical term, but not like you think. Because how many have always associated forgive and forget that if you really forgive me, you'll forget what happened? Right? Um, how many have totally forgotten everything? This, talk, this is not talking about becoming forgiven so you can have spiritual amnesia. When you forgive someone, you never really forget. So what does that mean? I can remember 
that that happened. Here's, I just want you to have this definition of forgiveness. And please, there's, it's so much deeper than this, but as we walk into this this morning, I just want you to understand, because I know some of you are walking through incredible pain right now. Some of you are walking through difficulties that you were not planning on walking through, and I'm not talking about the pandemic. Okay? How many are tired of hearing the word pandemic? The reality is it's here. It's like complaining about the moon. Howl at it all you want, but it's here, right? Uh, So it's here, but it's causing great stress. It's causing great difficulty in people's lives. People say things to each other that they normally wouldn't have said, but they just got all this stuff pent up, and they got to yell at somebody, and it happens to be the person they're married to. And they ask for forgiveness, but, but do you really forget? Let, let me tell you what forgiveness and forget mean. Just a basic definition before we move forward. Forgiveness, and I believe that there's even a cycle of grief that comes with forgiveness because when, when you are initially hurt, it's like losing something. You, you, you've had this denial. I can't believe that just happened. Now, I'm not talking about somebody cut you off on 64. Forgive that and move on. If you start chasing that person, that's called road rage. Okay? Now, just, you, you, you know, forget that. Move on. Well, they didn't, ask to for, they, they didn't ask for forgiveness, so I felt like I needed to run them off the road. No, you'll still be arrested. That's road rage. This, what I'm talking about is when people intentionally or even unintentionally really hurt you. There's this aspect that you just can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe I'm experiencing this. There's a part of that that, uh, that leads to isolation. You sort of withdraw. There's a part of that that, le- that leads into denial. There's certainly a part of it that leads into anger. Has anybody ever hurt your feelings, and you know you needed to forgive them, but you were angry? There's things that you have to process, because hurt is real. Anger is real. If you isolate yourself, that's very real. Depression can be a part of that. Because when you just carry it, it just gets you down. So, so forgiveness is deciding that I am I'm not minimizing the hurt. It's very real. It's very painful. But I've worked through this. I'm going to forgive them. Do you forget it? No. Here's what, here's what forgetting. Forgetting is when you have forgiven someone. Yes, it really happened but I'm going to lay it down. Forgetting doesn't mean I don't know it happened. It's I'm choosing not to pick it up. Okay. Um, th- this fits, so I'm using it. The, the, the dynamics at, at, at play were for reconciliation, but have you ever heard the term bury the hatchet? Okay. That, that, that was a, a true term. We don't use it a lot anymore. But uh, Indians... Years and years ago, 17, 1800s, when tribes would have differences and, and have conflict, they would get together, they would air their grievances, because they knew one of two things were going to happen. They were going to air their grievances and have peace, or they were going to fight each other and kill each other. So they got together, they aired their grievances, and then they buried an axe. And when they buried it, they said, okay, it's buried. It's done. The violence is over. 
We all know what we're ticked off about, but now it's over. Well, pastor, it's just not, not, not that easy. Well, actually, it's that, it's that easy, but it's not. I know. I mean, some, some things for some people, they may say, forgive me, or I forgive you, and they don't really mean it because they keep digging stuff up. They keep bringing up the past. You know, and we do it, and guys, listen, I'm not picking on marriages this morning, but, but we do it, husbands and wives, we do it all the time. When we get a little bit hysterical, things start to get historical. Right? So, I thought you forgave me. Oh, I forgave you. I'm just reminding you of how you know. Right? Well, forgiving is one thing, but what forgetting is, is I'm not going to dig this up anymore. I'm not bringing this up anymore. I'm not going to make it an issue anymore. And, and now listen, I wish I could tell you that was easy. It's not. It's not. You have to be very intentional. Very intentional. Now, now what are my three points this morning? The first thing that I believe Joseph had to do, and I believe we have to do it also, is release. Just release it. Whatever's happened to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, release it. That doesn't mean you're saying they're innocent. That doesn't mean you're saying they're not worthy of some type of pain, because I'm going to get to that in a moment. <laughs> that doesn't mean that, they are, uh, that the pain is not real for you. But what that does mean is that if they're willing to ask for forgiveness, release it. And even if they don't ask for forgiveness, nowhere in this passage do we find the brothers asking Joseph for forgiveness. They're just trying to cover their tracks. See, sometimes you get hurt. Sometimes your situations get messed up, and, and you just hope you're not found out. But here's the reality. Forgiveness doesn't mean letting people off the hook. It just means you release them from your hook. Okay? So you, you re now, now what does this mean, though? In Genesis 50, G Joseph says to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Because here's the bottom line. If, if someone asks forgiveness, if somebody has hurt you, and you refuse to forgive them, you have taken the place of God. You have decided, I'll forgive you when I'm ready to forgive you. You have decided, I'll, I'll forgive you when you deserve to be forgiven. It doesn't mean they're right. That They can be absolutely wrong in what they did. I'm overemphasizing this because I know that some of you are walking through valleys right now that somebody has literally crushed you. Maybe this year, maybe in the last week, maybe in the last month, maybe 40 years ago. Maybe many years ago, you were just crushed. And you've been able to bottle it up, but that's exactly what's happening. You've bottled it up. That's what a grudge is. You learn how to hold on to something, and you get good at it. You get good at holding on to something. But can I tell you, you never really, don't raise your hands on this, please. When you, when you hold a grudge, you never really move forward. When you don't forgive, you never really move forward. And that's why, and listen, there's a lot of reasons why we don't move forward, but I believe a big reason a lot of people don't move forward 
is because they just have so much unforgiveness. And, and we wake up sometimes and we're like, man, I just I want to better myself. I want to do this. I want to set new goals. And you set new goals every year, but you're holding all this stuff in. And you realize why you can't move forward. I'll tell you why you can't move forward. You're carrying so many axes that you need to bury and just move forward. Can I just be honest? Most of us have not forgiven someone who's already moved on. And the only person thinking about it is you. The only person rehearsing it is you. That's why releasing it, it's not releasing, it's not releasing their guilt. It's not releasing the fact that they really did hurt you. It's releasing the fact that you're not going to hold on to it anymore. I refuse to let what that person did control my life. I release it. But how do I do that, Pastor? I mean, the bottom line is that it really did hurt. It really caused pain. I, I can release forgiveness when, secondly, I'm willing to receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. You know why I have a hard time forgiving? Because I have a hard time believing that I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm, I'm just being real. Sometimes we have a tendency, something happens to us, and, and I, talk to, I talk to many people, so I'm not sharing any one person's private story, but I talk to a lot of people, and their stories are wrapped up in something like this. Because of what I've done, I just can't believe God would forgive me. I just can't believe God would forgive me for doing that, or, or I've been caught up in this so long, God would not forgive me. And see, that same attitude is carried over in how you forgive. The same attitude is carried over. Because if you believe, well, God, God won't forgive me, there's paybacks somewhere. Well, when somebody does something to us, I'll forgive them, but there's paybacks somewhere. There's got to be a payback, right? Man, when I, I mean, even with kids, you know, we're raised hearing, hey, you kids be fair, share in there. How many know that life's not fair? Especially if you have a big brother, right? I was the oldest. Life was not fair in our house. Um, I played with the toys first. I did what I wanted to first until they all got my size. Now here's, this is truth. When you expect forgiveness on how you believe God forgave you, you will be a miserable person because you'll always want people to be um, paying back and earning their forgiveness from you because you think you have to earn your forgiveness from God. Am I making sense? I can remember vividly. Uh, I was in sixth grade. My brother was in fourth grade. He was 16 months younger than I was. And we, my dad was pastoring, and he was off today somewhere. My mom, my brother and I were running around the kitchen, and we were making sandwiches, and there were three slices of bologna left. And the way I counted that out was one for me, one for him, and one for mom. And the next thing I knew, my brother had put two pieces of bologna on his sandwich and bit into it. Well, I just punched him like he'd never been punched before. <laughs> and he had a, he was putting mayonnaise on and had a knife in his hand. And when I punched him, he just threw that knife at the floor where we were all barefooted. And we looked down, and that knife was sticking straight in my foot. And we both looked at each other like we were thinking the same thing. And it wasn't, oh, my. 
there's a knife in his foot. It, it wasn't, oh my, my brother's going to kill me. It was, we're both dead when dad gets home. And this is not something we could cover up. We, we, we knew how to cover up a lot of stuff, but this wasn't easy to cover up. So we told mom, and as soon as my dad got home, he called, Johnny, Billy, come here. Come in the kitchen. And we just walked in the kitchen. He walked over to the butcher knife drawer and pulled open the drawer. He said, now both of you, take a knife and kill each other. And for just a second, for just a second, we looked at each other like, but then we're like, no, what do you mean? I want you to kill each other. You think that every time something goes wrong, you got to get even. You think that every time something happens to you, you don't get your baloney. You got to fight. You don't get your way. You got to do something. You, you don't, somebody cuts you off in traffic, they owe you something. Somebody says something to offend you, there's paybacks. See, that's not biblical. Um, see, the reason, the reason Jesus tells us vengeance is mine. Leviticus tells us like this. God is speaking to Moses, and he says this. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudges against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Paul tells us, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Now, why does he say that? Because here's what vengeance is, justice. And when something happens to you, you want justice. But, you know, here's what I found, that the way I delve out justice is way unfair. Because, and listen, I'm just using the 64 stories. These are false stories, okay? These don't, this never happens to any of us, okay? But we have a way of rationalizing why if somebody cuts us off in traffic, us running them off the bridge makes us even. You know why? Because we're not just. That's why he says, I'll deal with the justice. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Because if, we if we went around getting vengeance on everything we want vengeance on, do you know how unfair that gets in a minute? Now please, there are wrongs in the world that we must stand up for. I'm talking about your personal lives when someone does something to you and you decide, payback, payback. You decide, I'm going to get them back. I hope I'm making sense. Usually when it gets quiet, you're listening or sleeping. See, and here's, here's the challenge for us. Will we allow it to get in us so much that when somebody does something to us, a spouse, a friend, somebody at work, and instead of us saying, God, I forgive them. Just like when Jesus was hanging on the cross, somehow Jesus looked up to the Father and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They have no clue that I'm the King of kings and Lord of lords. Forgive them, God. See, sometimes we just have to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And we have sometimes the desire to want to sit down with them. Guys, listen, there's a lot of people that when you sit down and try to just share your feelings, they're still never going to get it. I just, I hate that for you, but they're just never going to get it. So then you get more mad, and you want to explain yourself even more. 
the safest thing to do when people hurt you is to just forgive them. And listen, if they keep hurting you, what was it? What did Peter ask Jesus? Uh, Jesus, if, if someone sins against you seven times, that, that's the limit, right? We can forgive them up to seven times. And Jesus says, no, try, try 70 times seven. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, so do you stand and let somebody just pummel you and beat you? No, here's what, here's what I believe Jesus is saying. Listen, if you're not careful, you need to forgive that person. If they mistreat you, don't hang around them. But if you're not careful, you'll hold that grudge right here, and all you'll do, true confessions. How many of you have chewed people out all by yourself? I mean, you're driving to work in the morning. You're just giving it to them. You're the only one in the car. But you're giving them a piece of your mind. You're telling them exactly how you feel about them, what you're going to do to them if they ever do that again. I'll dare you. You say it one more time, see what happens. And we're talking to ourselves. Okay? We, we've all done it. Now, here's, here's what happens. That, that means it's getting the best of you. That means it's always there. What is Jesus saying? Keep forgiving. Every time you think about it, he's not saying you may ever never remember it. He's saying quit digging it up. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. You say, well, pastor, it's just not, 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 that, not that easy. No, you just have to do it a lot. If you want to move forward, you have to do it, and you'll move forward. The, the last thing is this. We have to release, we have to receive. Because see, receiving forgiveness means you understand that God accepted you just like you are. And he forgave you. That God sent his only son. The only reason we are just, we are not just in ourselves, we are justified through Christ Jesus. God does not look at us as we are in our righteousness. Our righteousness is a filthy rags. He wants us to look at others just like he looks at us. He wants us to see others just as he sees us. And the only way God can look at you and I is if we are righteous. So we have to, number three, believe. Believe. Powerful passage, Matthew chapter 6, just simply says this. <clears throat> And forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Now, what is he just saying here very quickly? Because I want us to see how belief plays into this. He's saying, I want you to forgive them as I Now, here's what that as means. I looked it up. I'm telling you. It means the same way. Forgive them the same way you want me to forgive you. So you want to hold on to grudges? Okay. That's how I'll forgive you. I'll hold on to grudges. I'll hold on to things. Now, we already know that, that the Lord does not look at our righteousness. He looks at the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We already know that, 
that um, we are found righteous in Jesus Christ, and that when we are in Jesus Christ, he no longer looks at our sins. Our sins from the east to the west can no longer be found. He will remember our sins no more. But then he says, that's how I want to forgive you, but I'll work on your terms. So as however you want to forgive, that's how I'll forgive you. That makes me pray that prayer a lot differently. I pray that prayer a lot. I walk away from that prayer a lot differently. I look at people a lot differently. Because, yes, although people have hurt me and although people will hurt you, and the future does not mean that nobody else will hurt you, what that means is I need to look at them the same way God looked at me, that while we were sinners, he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And that although they may hurt my feelings, I forgive them because I have to move on and I'm not carrying grudges. Now, I wish I could tell you this all happens in one day, but here's why it's important to believe. If, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 103, but I know it's on the screen as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Um, Psalms 103. Let's, let's just, I just want to repeat after me. As far as the east... I'm going to try that one more time. Let me just, I want you to repeat after me. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions. Listen, and the Lord, keep on, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, that, that phrase there, laid on him, means that he intentionally took your transgressions and put them on Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus Christ, to pay the price. It wasn't an accident. It was an intentional for God so loved the world that he gave. And when he gave, he intentionally laid those transgressions, every sin, everything you and I have done, everything you and I will ever do, he laid those on Jesus Christ. So why? He could look at us. We took on his righteousness. Now, listen, us having a relationship with God is no flimsy matter. It's not some lightweight, just, yeah, I gave my life to Jesus. Have you really given your life to Jesus? Do you really walk not just forgiven but in forgiveness? Do you really take the fact that and understand that Jesus died on a cross, he suffered and he died, and it's not a guilt trip, it's a you're free. You're free to live this life without shame, without fear, without bondage. So why would I let someone hurting my feelings stand in the way of my relationship with Jesus Christ? There is no way I'm going to allow people to stop me from walking with Jesus. There is no way I'm going to allow an individual to stop me from being close to him. Well, how would that happen? When I start picking up grudges and digging up bones, digging up stuff, well-known theologian Randy Travis. You know, just digging stuff up all the time. Resurrecting memories of a life that's dead and gone. Let it go. 
release it. Receive the forgiveness that you really have in Jesus Christ. That's my greatest concern for all of us, is that we still haven't really grasped the fact that Jesus Christ has saved us. And that no matter what we've done, and no matter how twisted your life is, you have a Savior. Paul, that, that was Paul's major difficulty with every letter that he writes. He's trying to convince people, you're saved. Jesus loves you. We're, we're, the just shall live by faith. Have faith. Jesus died for you. Stop living in guilt. Stop living in fear. But understand this, living in sin will keep you separated from God. So don't let that stuff get into your life. Don't let unforgiveness get into your life. Make sure you live such a life that when you walk in the room, people may even think, well, I, I can hurt him. He, he'll just, he's one of those forgivers. Listen, don't hang around them. You know, let, let wisdom kick in at some point. Well, they're friends. No, actually, they're not. Why, why, who would need friends like that? Okay? Now, I'm not, if God lays it on your heart to minister to them, but I'm just telling you right now, some of you are hanging around people that beat you up all day, and you're living in misery, and then you hear somebody like me coming along, just forgive people. Well, I just don't know if I can forgive them. They, they beat me up every day. Well, then you're hanging around the wrong people. Forgive them, release them, receive your forgiveness, and move on. Believe what Jesus Christ is trying to do in your life. Believe what God is doing in your life. Am I making any sense? No. I, I really prayed because there are so many powerful stories and illustrations on forgiveness. But I suppose that the greatest act of forgiveness is the greatest price that was paid through Jesus Christ. And I just want to close with this before we pray. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. If I, if I really accept what Jesus Christ has done and I really received it, how can I not love others? Um, we're walking through a season right now, guys. Uh, we have been. We, we seem to cyclically walk through it every couple of years. I don't care if it's race or elections. A uh, pandemic has just once in a lifetime thrown a curve at us, right? But we walk through, you'll walk through circumstances this week that the potential of someone crossing your path that does something incredibly tragic, stupid, or just insulting. So we have a choice. We have a choice to believe, receive, so we can release, or we simply decide to be unforgiving, hold grudges, and quite frankly, live miserably. I, I'm just, I want to pray for you today that you would just leave here Understanding what Christ has done for you, he became sin who knew no sin. That we might experience righteousness through Jesus Christ. He took on our transgressions. He took on our iniquities. 
And he wants to forgive us just like you forgive others. So how will that be? Let's all stand. Uh, Maybe there's someone this morning, and uh, Ingrid, if you'll just come and and play softly. Maybe there's someone this morning, um, before Pastor Nick comes, I I just want to pray with you. The, The reality is, even if you're watching this morning, the whole idea of forgiveness, it's, it's dynamic when I need it. But for some reason, it becomes painful when we have to give it. You know, when, when our feelings get hurt and when things impact us personally, it's a, lot, it's a lot more, it feels a lot better, it seems, to get payback than it does forgiveness. But when I understand what Jesus Christ has done for me, I just don't want to go there. My flesh does. But it's a wonderful thing when, when you start realizing that the Word of God tells us, listen, I've asked you to take up a cross, but it's not to suffer. There, there is pain in the suffering. But when you know why there's pain, you'll keep pushing. When you know why there's pain, you'll keep pushing forward. When you know why the pain is there, you keep going. See, the reason we carry our cross is not because God wants us to suffer. He's just making you stronger. But he's also know, he already knows the person you're going to influence this week. You've not crossed paths with him yet. But see, he already knows. He's preparing you because he already knows the Pharaoh you're going to stand in front of and minister to and opportunities are going to come. And in your mind, if you're not careful, you'll still be ticked off at two guys from prison. He, he already knows that you're going to be in the workplace and doing an incredible job and something's going to happen and you lose that promotion. And instead of being faithful and moving forward, if you're not careful, you'll just be ticked off at that woman who lied on you. You understand what I'm saying? When instead, now listen, and I'm, I'm wrapping this up next week, but listen. Here's what Joseph said. <laughs> Guys, listen. What you meant for evil... What you meant to tear me down, God used it for this purpose for even right now. If you read the chapter before that, chapter 49, it goes into pretty good detail about how that Joseph was still having to collect grain, having people sell off their property to get food. Why? Because they were still in the middle of their pandemic. They were still in the middle of their famine. But guess who God was using to be the answer for everything? Joseph. And so Joseph could have spent all his time trying to figure out how to get back at his brothers, where instead he had already moved on. When they asked to be forgiven through somebody else, he had already moved on. Guys, don't don't be afraid. That's not necessary. For such a time, God, God knew what he was doing. You meant bad. You meant to hurt. You meant pain. You meant insulting. But God meant good. And God's using me right now to save a lot of people to do a lot of good. What would it look like through all the pain and the struggle that you've had to walk through if you finally realize, wow, I'm not holding on to that anymore because I know God is is preparing me for something here. Are you willing to to go there? I want to pray with you because it's, it's not easy, guys. But I know that with the power of the Holy Spirit and constantly reminding yourself of what you believe and who you believe in, 
receiving that grace and releasing that forgiveness, I believe miracles can happen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you, Lord. And whether it's individuals at home or certainly gathered today, there's a lot of stuff going through our lives, Lord. If we all tried to somehow sum it up and have conversations with each other, we could be here all day well into the night just talking about pain. And it's real. But Father, we come to you right now knowing that you have died for us. We believe that because of your righteousness, we are made righteous. We believe today, Lord Jesus, that you took on our sin. You took on our transgressions. You took on our iniquities. And we can stand boldly in the throne of grace. Father, we can boldly come before you, which before you would not look on evil. You would not look on sin, but now you look on us as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. We can walk with you. We can pray and talk with you. We can worship you. You are with us. You will never leave us or forsake us. And every day, Father, we can experience your presence and your power in such a powerful way. We will not let unforgiveness stop us from that. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, if, if we've been holding bitterness, if we've been holding anger, if we've been holding unforgiveness, Lord, I pray that we just release it right now in Jesus' name. Forgive that person. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Lord, maybe, maybe we need to be forgiven. Forgive us, Lord. And if it's someone we need to talk to, Lord, I pray that, that we make that call or, or we write that card or we just come in contact with them and just say, I'm sorry. Lord, whatever needs to happen, Holy Spirit, deal with our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Why? Because as we look at your word, when, when all this world has ended and time is no more, it's not really important about what they say about us. I want them to see that, say that they saw you in us. I don't know a whole lot about John McLeod, but I saw Jesus. I, we do know that he made a lot of mistakes, but at the end, we see Jesus. He wasn't perfect, but we saw Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, go with us, I pray, in your precious name. Amen.